0: Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, uh, we've got an amazing guest today because he is a, a marathon athlete and he talk a little bit about this, but I am absolutely blown, blown away by all the stuff he's done. I'm going to be talking to him about dealing with the emotional journey of cancer. Uh, his sister died of brain cancer, I believe, and uh, he's going to tell us an amazing story about what he's done to honor her, the things he's learned and and on this journey of uh, dealing with loss after cancer
1: so Heidi would you like to introduce him I would mom and this is a show also about transformation I think it's really important to everybody out there David has transformed his life as a tribute and an honor of his own sister so and you know sibling loss is near and dear to my heart so I'm really happy that we're we're featuring him today we are going to talk about dealing with the emotional journey of cancer and David, as you said, David Richmond is an author, public speaker, philanthropist, and endurance athlete. As you can tell by the Ironman hat, he has written two books: "Winning in the Middle of the Pack" and "Cycle of Lives." Welcome to the show, David.
2: Thank you, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi. One of the things that um, that I it took me a lot of years to process the the, the thought that I'm going to give to you, but um, uh, I didn't, I spent plenty of time grieving her, but what I didn't um, really wrap my brain around, wasn't even aware of until a few years later was that I had to grieve the fact that the only person that knew me as a kid is, is gone, right? He, she knew what we had gone through as kids and it was, you know, at times pretty traumatic. And um, so I totally understand that, that you're close, you know, it doesn't matter Uh, how much time you have, it's never going to be enough. But certainly one of the things that 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 you recognize is that there's this special relationship that nobody else could have, whether it's a sister or son or parent or a loved one or whomever. And it's, it's not just the person, but it's, it's that joint collective experiences that you have together. And that person who knows you at that time, like no, like nobody else.
1: Absolutely, David, and you know, as well as anybody, our brothers and sisters have stories about us and know things about us that nobody else knows. Mm-hmm. So it's a powerful relationship.
2: She was a year and a half older than me. Uh, she had two young children. They were maybe 10 and 13 when she passed away. Um, a wonderful marriage, great job, um, a gr- huge circle of friends. And she, you know, she was living a, her best life and, and, you know, Sometimes bad things happen to good people. And um, yeah, so it was really, really hard on her.
0: She got brain cancer. Was that it? Yeah,
2: she she, she uh, had a glioblastoma, and it was such a rare type of tumor that actually it was kind of, if you're, if you're going to try to find some kind of silver lining in something, um, it was such a rare tumor that the uh, board... At the cancer center that took care of her at UCLA, the Johnson Comprehensive Cancer Center, um, they put together a study and brought in a whole lot of people to really help try to figure out what was going on with her that the fortune that brought her of extra care and time and attention um, probably extended her life a little bit. So, um, you know, that was, I guess, a little silver lining because it gave her the ability to process what was going to happen to her on an emotional level and kind of close up a lot of uh you know what would have been open wounds um had she gone a lot quicker do you
0: know what you have just said some things that i was just thinking about you she had the time to process this and and to think about these things and now what you have done with it after her death it has you've gone around the united states and collected story for your book. And I am thinking, has that helped you process the experience?
2: It did help a little bit is 15 people whose lives were affected by cancer. Yeah. So yeah. either as a loved one or a survivor, but also as professionals, a pediatric oncology nurse, a, an oncology oncologist at NYU, the chief medical officer of a of a big medical plan. So I wanted people whose lives had been really affected by cancer, whether or not they had it or not. Um, So that was one thing, but yeah, it did help me process it. I I guess, I I guess what it did is it, it, it gave me a little more comfort in that um, some people are, don't have that opportunity to engage in meaningful conversations knowing that's that the that the person is going to die right she knew she was going to die which a lot of us are not afforded that that uh, that time right it's like one day you're there and one day you're gone right Uh, cancer kind of gives you it can give you whether it's a year or 40 years right you just know once you get cancer and potentially it could turn into something bad if it's a certain type of cancer it could be fatal so um in her case she knew she was going to die within a certain amount of time. And that gave her the ability, like I said, just a minute ago to have these conversations and her and I had a ton of very meaningful, deep, wonderful conversations. And when I was talking to people, I felt uh, on the one hand, grateful that we had that time, but more so I was grateful that we were both um, maybe not consciously, but just automatically able to have these deep conversations where a lot of people weren't they weren't equipped to, to to have the language
1: at the end of the day did you still hold hope that she was going to to live despite the fact that she had cancer i mean are you ever really prepared i don't know
2: I don't know either. Uh, one thing for certain, right, when you, you guys know this more than anybody, and I'm sure your listeners will be if they don't know this already, they will find comfort in the fact that the one there, there's maybe five common themes of everybody I spoke to but for people that had gone through something sympathy was the one thing that bothered them the most they didn't want people sympathy because. Um, people, they, maybe they wanted to be empathetic or maybe try to understand what they've gone through, but everybody's journey is 100% different. And, right. you know, um, all, every single person was like, don't tell me about your grandmother dying when my husband just died. Like, don't, like, don't compare my journey to yours. And I learned that it doesn't matter whether you had no time or all the time in the world. And it doesn't matter if you lost your sister in the same way that I lost my sister. We don't have much in common with that whole processing of our stuff, right? We can maybe kind of have some idea on maybe possibly some of the issues that you're going through, but um, I didn't hold out hope that she was going to live because I don't think there was any possibility that she could have. It was too, it was too advanced. It was too aggressive. It just, there's just no way. And I could see it was very difficult on her physically. And and it was really, really affecting her.
0: I know exercise has been an important thing for you. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we often talk to people about taking care of their bodies, exercising. Did you make a concerted effort as an athlete to con- continue to do that after she died? It was
2: her call to me. I remember where I was. I was on a ski lift in Mammoth. If you can wow. imagine that in Mammoth, California, I was in a ski lift. I was, uh, my kids were four years old. They were in ski school and I was on the lift and my sister called me. I'm like, what the hell? Let me call you back. I'm in the ski lift. She goes, no, I need to talk to you now. And that's when she told me she had had the brain cancer. And, um, you know, I mean, holy cow. It was it was at a time in my life that was really, really difficult. Um, take that out of it. I was in a, a stressful position at work. I had four year old twins. Um, I had to come up with a solution for getting her uh, myself and my kids out of a very bad, uh, home, home situation. I was married to an abusive alcoholic at the time and it was really getting bad. I was a smoker. I was overweight. I was not athletic. Yeah. I could ski, but who? you know, I mean, you, you, you know, you don't have to be in shape to ski. You just have to be able to stand up on skis. So, um, I was coming to the realization that I, I needed to live my life on purpose and do things for myself and worry about the guy in the mirror first. And when I got that call from my sister, that was the exclamation point on it. Like I knew when she, she was not dramatic, right. When she said, I've got terminal brain cancer, there was no like doubt about it. And I went, Holy crap. So you mean, it's really true that there are a limited amount of days in the world and and uh i better take charge so i i literally within days of that i just said i gotta change my life i got my kids and me out of the situation um uh quickly and i got us to safety and uh i remember standing in front of a mirror going dude who do you want to be and i didn't want to be an overweight smoker i wanted to be i wanted to be in shape i wanted to try to live my best and longest life and um, so I just started, I literally, the next day I, after I quit smoking, I ran two minutes. I had never run two minutes in my, in my, wow. life.
1: so you started <laughs> small with small goals.
2: I couldn't make it two minutes, Heidi. I love I literally it. couldn't make it. it two minutes.
1: But this, is, this is manageable. This is something doable, I think. Yeah. So it used to profit at two minutes, you know,
2: two minutes. I, I couldn't make it two minutes at a 12 okay. minute mile pace. I'll tell uh-huh. you what happened was. Over the cu- a couple of years uh, that was subsequent to that period of time I started doing endurance athletics. I, started, I did a 5k then I did a marathon then I did a triathlon then I did an Ironman and then I did a 50 mile run and I was doing all this crazy stuff and near the end of June's life she said hey I'd like I'd like you to join me I'm gonna be at this relay for life that's a 24-hour relay for uh, you know to raise money and awareness and bring people together for cancer and whatever. Um, a lot of people, a lot of your listeners will know what Relay for Life is. And she was in a really bad state. And I said, all right, well, listen, if you're going to be there for the whole 24 hours looking like you do, I will run for the whole 24 hours.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: So we made wow. that deal. Unfortunately, she didn't hold up her end of the bargain. She died two days before. Oh. She wasn't able to be there. But uh, but I did do the 24 hours. Actually, it was. Pretty ridiculous because it was 24 hours. Yeah, it was emotionally and physically very hard, but obviously emotionally because she just died a couple of days before. So, so then I did a, an, one event after another each year to raise money for the senator that took care of her. So I, her name was June. So I would do a for June in June event. I
1: love that.
2: And I ran, you know, 85 miles in Mexico in the uh, middle of summer because it was June. I did a run from Santa Barbara to Manhattan Beach, which was 25 hours. I did 300 mile bike rides. I did all this stuff and just raised money for the senator that took care of her and just to kind of keep her memory alive and to do what you do just to be close to, you know, the memory of somebody. So um, then when it came to the book, um, I, I wanted to connect. I feel like we're all connected by emotion and by story. And I wanted to connect these stories. And I just got this idea. What better way to connect the stories? then to get on my bike ride and go connect and be the thread that that ties these stories together because they were from all over the country um and what better way to connect and then jump just jump on my bike and and bike to everybody so
0: to meet everybody and how many miles was
2: it it was ridiculous it, it was it was 4,700 miles in 45 days Wow. And so, and I took four days off. So 41 days I biked in, in 45 days, 4,700 miles. That's so about 120 miles a day solo. Um, I did have support along the way, but I biked by myself. So I was anywhere between eight and 17 hours a day on the bike for, wow. for basically seven. And okay, then
0: you went to visit all the people, the stories in the book and the book is cycles of life. Yep. Got great stories in it. This is a great Guy, and you're going to want to read that book and learn more about David Richmond. David, tell us your website, how people can get a hold of your book.
2: So, the website is cycleoflives.org, or just look up David Richmond. You know, as, as you guys know, books are sold wherever they're sold, but most books are sold on Amazon. It's important to note that the proceeds from the book are 100% donated to the uh, cancer focused charities and other charities that were chosen by the book participants. And um, each story is its own, like, first person accounting, um, you know, what was the trauma in their life? How did that trauma affect the emotional journey that they went through? Um, uh, it's most stories are some of them are heavy, but they're very inspirational, they're very evocative, they're very hopeful. Uh, and that's one of the things that I was completely shocked about, was when I would talk to somebody and just get deep into their life and go, Oh, my God, I can't even imagine how rough it has been for you. And then you sit there. And at the end, you go, you know, kind of what have you learned from your journey? And all they do is talk about hope and tomorrow and living for today. And you're just going, Oh, my God, this is just amazing. Well,
0: David, thank you. And thank you for everything you did or doing in memory of June. It's absolutely fabulous. And thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you, David. Thank you for building awareness for Open to Hope. And thank you for doing all that you do in honor of your sister.
0: We hope that you'll come and visit us at opentohope.com. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com.